Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, always amazing, Father Richard Heilman. And tonight, Dr. Christine Bacon is with us. You might know her from her podcast, Breakfast with Bacon. Fantastic show. Check it out in the link in the description below. Before we get started, of course, with this very encouraging and uplifting title, If the Church Goes Underground, Are You Prepared? We're always coming up with some good stuff, Father. This is as close as we can get to getting the word comet in the yeah. title. You really want that comet in there. We got to get sooner, in there. Sometimes. Sooner or later, I think yeah. we're going to do a podcast reporting on a comet that hit the earth somewhere. <laughs> You're if, so if, of hopeful, course, dog. You're so hopeful. I am. I'm yeah. just like, I'm not glasses half full. I'm not even glasses half empty. I am. The glass is broken. Yeah. Cool. So there's no fire falling from the sky, right? No, no. Well, everything that Our Lady no. said in Akita has happened except that. That's the only thing left to go. But of course, we want to get everything started with prayer. And Father, we always leave that to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruinous souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Father. And of course, we always start the podcast off thanking everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force. Your prayers, your comments, your encouragement always means everything to us. Those of you who support us in keeping us in your rosaries or in your mass intentions, holy hours, any visit to the Blessed Sacrament, just a little drop to the Lord's ear about the Grace Force and the podcast and Father, myself, and all of our guests is a tremendous help. And we appreciate it very much. You're in our prayers. And we thank all of you who support us through the Patreon program. You can click the link in the description below and help us out with that. That's also a great way to help us continue to get this message out. And the times, as we always say, and we all know, are pretty serious. And it is important that we continue to get this message out. So click the link in the description below. Go on out, say prayer, and support us if you can through the Patreon program. We thank you so much for that. Don't forget to check out the U.S. Grace Force gear page. we got some great t-shirts. we got some great paraphernalia out there to help support also what we do, but also get that message out to people about the importance of our Catholic faith and really spreading it throughout the world with the amount of time and resources we have left. We've all got a job to do. So let's get busy and help each other out. So we appreciate that. God bless you for that. Tonight, Dr. Christine Bacon is joining us. And I want to make something clear before we get rolling on this. When I say the glass isn't half full or half empty, that it's broken, people might be thinking, ah, Doug, you're such a pessimist, so negative. I'm a realist. And as we were talking before we get started here, there are a lot of things happening that are just obviously very problematic and very concerning. And I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, it's all going to work out because there is a part that we play in this. And if we're not busy with it, such as the conversion process, we are going to reap what we are sowing and what we're sowing isn't that great when we're teaching our kids that, you know, you can destroy and mutilate your body and it's okay to shove drugs in yourself puberty blockers. It's okay, you know, to, to throw God out the window. You don't have to be going to church. You don't have, when we do things like that, the realistic view is that we're going to deal with the consequences of all of that as we are now. And I know Christine, that's something that you are very familiar with because you are a doctor of communication and a large part of the work that you do is dealing with the fallout of all the attacks against marriage because marriage is one of your key areas that we have been wrestling with in the world. Now, before we get into the part about the church and if 
you know, these prophecies of the church going underground, if that all comes to fruition and, and how we prepare for that, we do want to break that down in other, you know, prophecies, uh, approved and alleged prophecies right now. Tell us a little bit about your work. I know you, you, again, you focus on marriage. You deal with the fallout of just the, the horrible treatment that marriage has had over the last 40, 50 years, the contraceptive mentality, you know, the abuse that we see through things such as pornography, uh, the, the, the no-fault three-day divorce thing that began many years ago, and now it's just rampant. And now we've got a declining marriage rate. And we also know that there is that message that, that Sister Lucia talks about, that the final battle between the kingdom of heaven and Satan would be over marriage and family. You're dealing with a lot of this stuff. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do in that, uh, in that area. Well, thanks, Doug. And of course I have to say, I'm so honored to be on this show and I'm so honored to be sharing a Green Bay Jersey with at least one of you. And yes. I won't name which one of you that is. <laughs> I, I'm still a Packer fan. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Good. I'm sending I just don't have a you jersey. a Jersey. I don't have a Jersey. I'm sending you a Jersey. All right. We're going to send awesome. it. It's like going to have it. a big L-O-V-E on the back. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, Red and my marriage line. is happy because my husband shares a jersey as well. Ah, so there you go. There you when go. you marry a Wisconsin man and you're a Wisconsin girl, it's very good. But, you know, in all seriousness. It's all fun. What was that? It's all fun. It's all fun. And marriage so should fun. have fun in it. It shouldn't be yep. all rigorous and suffering you know it's a vocation but yeah we've been dealing with seeing just marital wreckage and no fault divorce is one of the things that has really uh, been a focus for me it actually there are people fighting in the nation right now starting to come alive and i believe god has us alive me alive for what he says is for such a time as this because even if you're going through marital difficulties i say to my couples my clients that Thank God it's now. And they say, why? And I say, because people are starting to wake up to the devastation that no-fault divorces. The two court cases that I can think of right now, at least two, are actually fighting the constitutionality of no-fault divorce. Just to kind of put it out there, here's how Satan got in there. If you father or dog, and neither of you has ever been to court, of course, but if you are the defendant or the plaintiff in any court case, whether it's theft, whether someone hit you in the car, or whether it's anything, you as the defendant have a chance of winning, you as the plaintiff have the chance of winning. When it comes to marriage, when it came to no-fault divorce laws, absolutely 100% of the time, the defendant will always lose their guaranteed loss. So the plaintiff goes in and says, I no longer want to be married the defendants all, they're, they're going to get divorced whether they like it or not. It yeah. goes against our Catholic faith. It goes against our constitution. The defendant simply has to go before a judge and find out how many of his or her toys they're going to lose. You're going to lose your kids because we said so. You're going to lose half your money because it's part of the law. So it's, it is the most wretched, I think, of all the things in our judicial system these days. And Satan really got a good grip. As a matter of fact, it was President Reagan who first approved no-fault divorce in the state of California. And later, he said it was, when it became federal, one of his greatest regrets. Because now, people go into marriage with just that mentality. I'm going to go in, and when I'm ready to get out, yeah. if I feel like getting out, I will. And it is destroying husbands, wives, families, children, and we have a whole society, it, of course, you gentlemen know it leads to fatherlessness, which is leading to these, the, the homosexuality increase. It's leading to the 
uh, mutilation from the uh, LGBTQ movement and, and all that. And people would say, well, how is that? Because what is the role of a father? the provider and the protector. Yeah. And so it's just when our mother said in Fatima, you know, that marriage and family is, is going to be it. She understood start with marriage and family and everything else goes with it. It's, it's devastating. But so yeah, I mean, John yeah, Paul ahead. II had talked about marriage being the cell of society, you know, the very special cell of all the society that everything, everything in society flows through the family. And, it, and it, it's got to be protected. So you do like like mentoring and, and training and discipleship type work with, with married couples. Is that correct then? Yeah. So I do coaching. coaching. And years ago, people used to say you're a counselor and I fought them. No, no, I don't want to counsel. I, I'm a speaker. I, my PhD is in, as you said, marriage communication. And I would do seminars. I taught marriage classes with the Catholic Church pre-Cana. I wrote my own courses based on the, the book that I wrote in my research on extremely happily married couples. And um, so people said, can, can you counsel us? And I said, I don't have counseling licensure. And they're like, but please, 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 you make sense. So I started meeting with couples and um, I realized what I was called was a, a marriage coach. It's a, like a relationship coach. And the biggest difference is counselors focus so much on the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem. And coaches, and it's kind of what we're doing, you guys and me today and talking about how do we prepare, is what I do in the marriages is going, let's look at the problem, but what are our plans? How are we going to fix us? So there's this future focus, this problem-solving focus. Yes, your wife, you'll never get back that day when your wife you know, didn't come to your mom's funeral. You can talk about that for 20 years or you can say, how are we going to go forward? So um, I've also, as I coach couples, what I tell them is what we are doing here is actually spiritual warfare. Mm. And that appeals to people. And it most especially appeals to the, the husbands because the women's are the, the women's, the women are the ones that are more inclined to seek out a counselor. Their husbands are actually attracted to that description when i tell them gentlemen what we are doing here is spiritual warfare we're going to learn how to fight for your marriage and mm -hmm. keep satan away from it and i don't know doug you're a married man how do you yeah. think that would appeal to you if you and your wife are struggling and and uh mm -hmm. the coach the counselor said we got spiritual warfare here we're going to fight for your marriage how oh yeah i mean you? there's something obviously that resonates much more with a man when it comes to you know there's a battle on here there's a fight on here and there's something we're trying to preserve in that battle rather than counseling. I mean, it, and I got nothing against counseling, but it, yeah, there's something that resonates that way. Um, and I, and this is something though, that, that I got to say that you got into this, but you also have quite a bit of experience in the area of prophecies and you've worked with uh, Mark Mallett. We just had him on the podcast a while back and, and Christine Watkins and Daniel Connor. And, and you've also got a Marian conference or not a Marian, forgive me. It's just a truth conference coming up yep. uh, at the end the of October. Um, Got a fantastic guest there. Disrupting okay. the Culture with Truth Conference, October 28th in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Please come in. Doug Berry has agreed, so thank you, God, to be one of our speakers. Everyone at the conference has been canceled in some way, has <laughs> been um, tried to be silenced by someone, by the media, by their um, someone in the diocese. Our headline 
headliners are Father Robert Altier, who is from Minnesota. And he said, you know, he spoke the truth during that season that began in 2020 when we were all trying to be forced to do something. And he spoke about it and he held masses. We have Christine Watkins, and she is the author of the book, The Warning, The Illumination Prophecies and Testimonies of the Illumination of Conscience, which we can talk about a little bit today because that leads into the show topic. And uh, Daniel O'Connor, who actually is with her on the Countdown to the Kingdom crew, we have um, other good speakers. I think I'm going to forget. So you know, Kevin Wells, who was mm. uh, the Tampa Bay's beat writer before he went all in for being a Catholic writer, a very prolific Alexis Walkenstein from Hollywood. And I think I forgot somebody. And we're going to have, and this is really your cup half full. Alexis is from Hollywood? She's a, she's a, Yes. She's oh. a Hollywood, I don't think a producer, I'm going to forget. It was okay. my co-host, Regan Long, who brought her on. I can find out. But she's amazing as well. And um, Carl Kozlowski is a Catholic comedian. He's traveled mm -hmm. around the country speaking. And we specifically wanted someone like him to come in to say, we're going to be going through some serious stuff in this upcoming future, but Catholics, you know, God... God gave us a sense of humor and laughter, keeping your endorphins high, um, knowing that God is in control mm. and God is in charge. I know you wanted to have me there as an honored guest to sit in the front pew and watch Doug talk, but uh, I had a schedule <laughs> conflict at that time. Yeah, I think you're going to be speaking at a conference here in Tyler. I am, yeah. That I did not get invited for. Um, <laughs> I would have been sitting in the front row, of course, yeah, watching you. Right. <laughs> and when is that one? Is that after October? It's the same weekend as yours. Oh, yeah. Bummer. <laughs> okay, so I won't be there. But yeah, so Doug, we're honored to have you come to that conference. No, I, and I'm, I mean, I'm privileged to have the chance to do it. I, I love, I've been speaking for 33 years all over the country, outside the country. I love doing it. And you're right. I was canceled as well. There were five or six dioceses like 15 years ago that said, no, you can't come in. One, because I was talking about the reality of the devil. Another, because I was talking about modesty and Our Lady of Fatima, the vision of hell. Um, you know, uh, one, and they had a deanery meeting to discuss the tragedy of me doing the one-man drama of the Passion because it, it it bothered some people because some of the characters in the Passion that I portrayed, one was a soldier who scourges Jesus. He ends up yelling at the crowd and explaining that it's our sins that actually were flowing through those those moments of scourging. And uh, yeah, so they got very upset and said, you're never coming back to this deanery again. So yeah, it's, it, you know, the cancel thing has been going on, but this goes back to the, you know, the, the days of old John the Baptist getting canceled, you know, the prophets all got canceled in the old Testament, almost all of them, you know, met some pretty, you know, threatening moments in, in life, you know, but, but I just think a conference like this is so important because we're going to be addressing so many serious issues. Uh, and for people, you can go at information, click the link in the description. And I've had up on the screen here already several times, the flyers, you can take a look at that and go on out to the website and get signed up for it. Uh, but the times are serious right now. And I know this is something, Father, you were really, when we were discussing having Christine on, and you really wanted to get into this topic because the concern that people have, and we had um, with Joshua Charles on a while back, great podcast, the man's brilliant. Um, Christine, if you haven't had him on your breakfast with bacon yet, you're going to have to get, uh, Josh he's actually coming on. Thanks to the U S grace force. Oh, I nice. saw him on your show and I immediately yeah. contacted him. So he's oh, coming on. 
Yeah, and he's, he, I mean, the man is a walking encyclopedia. The guy is great. But he pointed out about the Antichrist and before the Antichrist comes, certain things that would happen. But he does address the reality that the Antichrist is going to shut down the Mass or access to the Eucharist in some way for at least three and a half years. This is all prophetic. Um, so we know that these things are, you know, are going to unfold in some way, shape, or form in our lifetime or someone else's lifetime that's close to us. Kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, someone somewhere is going to get hit with this. We want to know how to prepare and address this. So, Father, I, I, I maybe pass it to you and let you kind of lead in and to Christine about this topic and why this is such an important time to address really where the church is in, in these moments. Well, first of all, Doctor, thank you so much for uh, your mission, your ministry, um, everything you're doing. But, you know, the breakdown of the marriage and family right now is leading us to a terrible time of weakness. Yeah. Uh, there's and there's no consequences with you know no fault divorce and and that kind of thing and so we're we're facing a very very serious time where it seems we are at a point where we're easily manipulated and so this kind of marxist um you know power grabbing time is going on right now the the rulers of the world right are, are saying this is our time I, i've been likening to it a lot to the battle of lepanto in 1571 when christianity was so divided and so weak that the ottoman turks just went boom this is our time let's do it let's deal the last blow it just feels like that right now and that's why you know we're, we're talking about you know this particular topic right now where there is even a possibility that it is going to get so rough that we might have to go underground as a church and I, you know, at first I was hearing rumors like that and, you know, conspiracy theory, and I kind of blew it off. I'm like, oh, no, come on, you're exaggerating. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do think, I'm starting to think of things like, you know, should I have water available or whatever, whatever. How do we prepare for, for that period of time? Because we just seem like we're, we're at that point where um, they're so aggressive. The, the rulers of the world right now are so aggressive and they just they just feel like they're arrogant and they just feel like they can do anything they want yeah. um it's just it blows you away and and we we are weak we're, we're we're at a point right now where you know we we just we've we've lived through this period of time where little consequences to to our actions look at look what they're doing with criminals right now you know, put them back on the street. There's no consequences. It's like a no consequence period of time. But I think that's what the rule, the rulers of the world want is is to, to have us so weak and, and, you know, morally, right? I was pointing out that the Constitution was written. And shortly after that, uh, President John Adams said, now, wait, wait, wait. This was not, this was written for the moral and religious, Okay and I don't have the quote in front of me, but he basically said, it ain't gonna fly. It ain't gonna, it's not gonna be able to, 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 to stay afloat, this constitution of ours, if not for the moral and religious. And right now, there's just an aversion to morality. There's an aversion to, to uh, religion. There's an aversion to God right now. And so uh, you wonder what God's gonna do, uh, what he's gonna allow uh, during this time. So, Dr. Christina, you know, um, again, thank you for all that you're doing. But I, I think, too, we've been wanting to have you on for some time, but we especially wanted to have you on after you had uh, Father uh, Michelle Rod Rodriguez. Rodrigue. Mm -hmm. Rodrigue, yeah. 
uh, fascinating show. People should yeah. go look it up. Uh, breakfast, breakfast with bacon. Yeah, I love yeah. bacon. Oh yeah, and I love you're a Packer fan too. Yeah, Packer fan. Uh, and, yeah. and bacon makes everything better, bacon. Father. What's that? Bacon makes everything better. Exactly. After confession. Exactly. We could save the world with bacon. Uh, we, yeah. yeah, that's what we're doing tonight. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but uh, maybe you could comment, uh, Doctor. You know, where call me Christine. You, yep. How, where you think we're at right now? Do you really believe that there's a possibility that we may have to go underground? Yes. Um, okay. Based on the, so I want to start and saying my my expertise is in marriage and family and right. and Thank and you. talking. And so God has allowed me all these great mm -hmm. guests on my show. The it, the privilege first began when Christine Watkins. So she wrote the book the we warning have her on too yeah, yeah you need yeah. to have her on the illumination of conscience yeah. which we can talk about that in a second but she asked me to be her co-host and then of course i got to be with the countdown to the kingdom crew mark mallet daniel o'connor and her and i started learning more in depth and god was saying open your mind christine listen be prepared and from there, I've had Xavier on the show. I've had Father Michel. I've had other people who are talking. And there is this sense of urgency that is coming back. You guys have talked to uh, Jonathan Kahn. So we're finding that the Protestants, the Catholics, the um, Jews are all feeling something is going on in the air. Yes. And we look at times never before in the history of humankind has the entire church shut down at one point. So many people say, well, every generation thinks they're the final generation. Well, the first thing is you better be prepared. Every generation better think they're the last generation because the, the gospel readings just two weeks ago were like, you know, you better be prepared because if you're not, you know, uh, we're shutting the door. I think I might be getting confused from when it was, but basically saying it will happen, and it's the person who has the oil in their lamps that's going to be ready. So, so just being a Catholic, being a Christian, being a human, get prepared. But now we're starting to see this, this confluence of voices, the prophetic consensus. So Countdown to the Kingdom crew have collected the prophecies from people from around the world. They interpret them into English. Of course, they're also left in their native tongues. And the, what these visionaries who do not know each other, because, and I think God this, did this on purpose as well, they speak different languages. And they're getting these same messages at the same time, a little bit tweaked here and there. And Countdown to the Kingdom produces uh, the website that just lists all of the prophecies that are coming through. So you mentioned Father Michel Rodrigue. He is one of them who... His prophecies are in line with what we call the prophetic consensus. They're going to have a little bit of details off here or there. And that's where I think God is saying also, and, and Father, this is probably your area. I'm going to give you prophets, but don't even get too tied into one of them. Mm. Keep your eyes fixed on me. And I, I don't think God wants to give all the information to one person because mm. We're so yeah. weak and fallen, we tend to make that person more or less a god. Would you not agree? Yeah. No, I and, and that, it gets back to what I said. I mean, we, we, there's just no consequences for anything, it seems, anymore. And so, you know, uh, people, we're, we're crossing lines uh, where before the lines were, were clear. 
you know, well, this is this is right, this is wrong, this, this is moral, this is immoral, you know, and those kinds of truths. But the, the, there, there just seems to be no line there anymore, and and it's it's like it's like a virus that's going on right now in our world. And again, I if you look at um, one of the guys I've been leaning into lately is Mark Levin. Uh, he's talking a lot about this too. But uh, this in Fatima, it said uh, we need to pray or the errors of Russia will spread well throughout the world. Well, in the one place where it should never have happened in this glorious land of ours in, in the United States of America, it is uh, it is sweeping across this nation right now. As we become more compliant, we become more dependent, we become the slaves to these rulers these, the, the, that are drunk with power right now and, and want us in every way, shape, or form to be compliant. So what are they doing? They're producing chaos. You know, they're ruining the economy. They're opening the borders. They're, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're th throwing in fentanyl. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're uh, making, well, the, you know, I don't want to get into the virus, but, you know, it, it just, it's, it's one thing after another and everybody is just, I want a revival. Okay. Yes. Everybody is just sitting there like, like, you know, deer in headlights going, what is going on at what we either need a revival or God's got to bring comments or <laughs> I'm using comments, but something, you know, to shake us up because he's a dad. Okay. And he can't let this go on for, for so long. You know, you don't raise spoiled children. Well, you know what? That's where we are right now. And so sometimes the dad's got to get tough yep. and, and to keep the kids in line, okay, at the foot of the cross, at the place of truth, of righteousness, of morality, of goodness. Uh, and we, we, we've got to do that. And right now, uh, we are just so uh, disconnected from the divine that one wonders if something is going to be allowed to come and Doug, we half joke about the comments and all that stuff, mm. but brother, yeah. I'm getting there uh, mm. because it just, this, this perfect father of ours, isn't going to allow uh, this unruly and spoiled children to just keep going as we are right now. Yeah. Doug, yeah. you want to comment to that? Yeah. I'd love to comment on that. Um, oh, you said comment. Uh, what did I? Oh, oh. <laughs> To comment. You kind of got your your mind is kind of fixed on one thing there. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a comment joke there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me comment what on what you just said. Uh, oh, we do joke around about the comment, but it's it's you know you got to keep some kind of a sense of humor here because things are pretty heavy. And I just I will say this. I've said this in many public talks, but I just want people to understand the great saints, the great martyrs had great sense of humor. Thomas More. You know, when he went up to have his head cut off, he made jokes, you know, and one of the most famous is St. Lawrence, who was stretched out in the early centuries of the church over a fire. And Christine, I don't know if you know, you probably know that, you know, it, it's famous what he said. He was stretched out like a barbecue pit above the fire. And he says to the guard, you can turn me over. I'm done on this side. So they're, yeah. literally they're cooking him to death. But what a lot of people don't know is what they Jesus- bacon, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, it smelled like bacon. There you go. No, like bacon. No, but it's what Jesus said to him when he gets to the gates of heaven. Jesus says, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." <laughs> you did not know. <laughs> Jeepers, you guys.
Okay, now St. Lawrence had a great sense serious of humor. show, gentlemen. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> get serious. Yeah, let's get serious. Here. Yeah, I'm sure he's laughing in heaven on that one. But yeah. anyway, anyway, but seriously, though, yeah, I, and I agree with what you said, Father. Things are so out of control in many different ways. Now, I know people will say, yeah, but, you know, Rome did this. You know, we just they just did it better than we do. Well, Rome didn't have the Internet. We've got all right. kinds of really twisted ideas that get sent throughout the world. And are available. Media. Yeah, and it's available on a cell phone, a smartphone for a five-year-old kid these days. I mean, it's so unbelievably accessible to some of the darkest things in the world now. And then when you bring in the broken family piece of it, which, you know, where's the, the protection and monitoring of the minds and the hearts and the family members themselves or the husband and wife themselves are also so broken. With all that we see and not to run down a litany of all the problems because we want to get to the main meat of this. Um, we have had these events occur before for people who are wondering about the church going underground, if that should occur. There was a time when a guy named Henry VIII started to demand a change in Christianity in England. And there were homes that were made with what's called a priest hold, hold or hole where the priest hid. You know, people would build their homes with a hiding place for the priest because it was outlawed to say the Catholic mass, to celebrate the Catholic mass. This sort of thing has happened in, you know, micro ways, if you will, around the world in different times. China right now is going through this, right? This is not uncommon when you've got tyrants and dictators that want to destroy the Catholic faith. But we're talking about something on a much larger potential level here. And uh, Christine, if you could talk a little bit about the fact that we have had Can I interject real quick, Doug? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, is, it goes to my frustration, too, is that you know, when the Bolshevik Revolution broke out, and by the way, it broke out in the same, within a few months of uh, the Miracle of the Sun in Fatima yeah, in 1917. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, were, were the priests, were the spiritual leaders, the most trusted influencers, mm. political? Mm. Because they saw this tyranny that was uh, enslaving people all around them, Right. It, when, when Nazism broke out and started to spread through country after country and just take control of people, and they would round up Jews and put them on train cars and bring them and, and incinerate them, was that political to stand up against that kind of brutality and tyranny? And here we are right now, you know, with some of the worst tyranny, even though what I just described, I mean, you named it, Doug, with the internet and everything, we're seeing loved ones being uh, manipulated and indoctrinated yeah. into some of the worst horrors unto God. And and if we dare say anything, and, and now I'm thinking back to when we had a lawyer on for uh, January 6th, there was unjust imprisonment in order to send a message that you don't dare stand up against these tyrannical rulers that are in power. That's what it boiled down to. And we, we, we had a, 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 a lawyer that was trying to help them during that time. That was called political. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, no. Okay. When tyrannical powers, okay. Rise up. This isn't about debating whether unions are good or not. Okay. This is tyrannical powers, okay? And right now we have the spiritual leaders of our day, whether Catholic or Protestant or what, doing the bidding of the tyrants. Because why? They don't want people to be upset and to be, you know, fighting with one another. Are you kidding me? 
and, and is that's why that great video um sing a little louder you know that was put together by our friend um what's his name uh, jason jones yeah jason yeah. it's just a short video go look it up on youtube yeah, definitely but, it, but it's basically a preacher yeah. and it, the sing a little louder is there's a train car of, of jews going to be incinerated and it comes right by the church and they're screaming help us help us and what does he do he he gets the 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 congregation of the choir to sing louder to drown them out and and and, and he has this flowery sermon uh, you know about jesus's love and all this stuff that's where we are right now and again if if the spiritual leaders don't have a problem with an eight-year-old deciding on his own that he can go have surgery to remove his genitals and and the and the most influential uh um the most trusted influencers spiritual leaders aren't saying anything then this gets normalized putting jews in train cars gets normalized okay uh so uh, that i i just had to I, there's a little speech of mine but i'm so tired mm -hmm. of the cancellation of those who love enough that they can't allow their loved ones to get indoctrinated into all of this horror unto God right now. Christine, I, I know I gave you a little speech there, but I know you've been reaching out too and uh, to a lot of the people that have experienced this censorship, this cancellation. Um, you, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about it right now? So I, I want to start with what you're just saying. The spiritual leaders, the fathers, uh, that's why the, the communist movement is trying to remove fathers from home to make the state the parent. Because yeah. we now, they're using America as a test ground. Because we, as Doug said, we are the strongest nation. And so we have fathers who are saying, my son is a son. And and the divorced mom, for instance, is saying, no, um, he, he, this eight-year-old child identifies as a girl. And so when the boy's with the dad, he says, no, I, I'm a boy. And anyway, and so the fathers are losing custody or the parent who's not agreeing with this sexual identity, supposedly, is yeah. being put in jail. And I believe God is allowing this so we can be tested to rise up because Satan's gone too far. He's gone too far and he's starting to push it to the children. And he's prepared us by making this a fatherless nation. And that's why that spiritual warfare comes in handy. Men are finally, God, I think, was probably saying, gentlemen, what is it going to take? And now, okay, we'll steal your children, literally, literally getting them out of your house. And now I think men and women are starting to rise up and going, you've pushed it too far. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, earlier you asked me if I thought we were on the cusp, if we were in that time. I'd like to go to the, I believe it was 1947, correct me on the year. We know that that is the year that Israel became a nation, but people talk about it. And, and again, if I'm wrong on the year, let me know, 46, 47. Can you imagine what it took? So you've got people of Jewish heritage living in every nation around the world, around the world. And all of a sudden, something, the Holy Spirit, you and I know, riled them up. And for one person, 10 persons, maybe 100 people to say, I want to make myself, I want to form the nation of Israel. But can we really go deeply into this going all of a sudden, thousands and thousands of people at the same time in history came 
to the land of their forefathers and said, we are going to make ourselves a nation. When you really ponder that, you go, that could have only been the act of the Holy Spirit. So he made a whole bunch of people feel the same thing at the same time and then act on it. You're probably wondering what that has to do with right now. So right now, people have talked about it being the end of the world or whatever. And I don't think at all we're talking about the end of the world. We're talking about the end of an era and an era of peace is supposed to come after this. But all of a sudden, people in Bulgaria and China and America and and uh, Uganda and Mexico, every continent are having something inside of us saying, I need to start collecting food. I need to start preparing. I feel as if a famine is coming. I feel as if I'm not going to have access to communication. I feel as if this isn't just something that, oh, we heard some prophet getting some private revelation and we feel like believing them does it not seem mathematically crazy that these seers from around the world in different languages are getting the same messages at the same time while the lady doug in texas and me here and you in virginia and you father in wisconsin and, and thousands of people are saying we're feeling the same spirit. It can only be the Holy Spirit. And yes, I do believe we are on the cusp of something the world has never, ever seen before. And I'm not God. So I can't say that it is today or tomorrow, this generation, but I sure as well I am going to have oil in my lamp because it could be today. Yeah, Christine, when we, you and I were talking earlier today on the phone, we were talking about really addressing also the fact that, that people, when it comes to the prophetic messages, uh, people are very interested in this right now because there's a lot of talk that's kind of you know boiling over. And I'm seeing videos from non-Catholics out there who are getting similar feelings. They're getting that something that some are claiming that they're getting messages from the Lord saying, yeah, things are going to be shaking pretty soon. Um, no time limit. We're not putting times or clocks on anything here. And that's always a dangerous thing. And, and, you know, when we had Mark Mallet on, and I know he's a friend of yours, you know, he had made a great point that St. Paul states that prophecy should not be despised, but it should be tested. And then you keep what's good. And so we can't test it, he said, and it's a great point, unless we put it out there on the table, look at it and discuss it, which is what we need to do. But with that being said, um, when we were talking earlier, it's important also that we don't let our emotions, especially fear or panic, get in the way. Like, I, I don't like to hear people like, over the years of talking about Marian apparitions, 35, 38, whatever years, 40 years, I think now, I've been really talking about Fatima and others, you know, Akita church approved apparitions where there's prophecies of fire falling from the sky in Akita in 1973. Blessed Mother warned of a second world war in Fatima. It happened 21 years later, broke out in 1938. You know, we had Rwanda, Our Lady in Cabijo. She showed some of the visionaries the actual genocide that took place 12 years later. So when we get these prophecies of chastisements, when there's talk of fire falling from the sky, it's not as if the Blessed Mother hasn't, let's say, come through with the promise in the past. She doesn't lie. But in addition to that, we've got a lot of voices that are allegedly saying that they're getting these messages right now. We don't want to just despise them. We don't want to just throw them out as if it's nothing. But we also don't want to be afraid of this. I mean, I think there is a healthy motivational fear type of, hey, if you know a blizzard is coming when I was in Nebraska, what did we do? Well, we hunkered down and got ready in case we got frozen for three weeks or whatever it might be. If you know a hurricane's coming, you take the proper steps to deal with that and so forth. So there's a healthy motivational type of fear, we'll call it that. 
But can you address the concern because you're in this wheelhouse, this realm, because you work with Countdown of the Kingdom and Mark and Christine and all and Daniel, that people do get emotionally bent out of shape. And Father and I are adamantly about about adamant about in trying to always help people address these things with a responsible, let's call it a mature Catholicism, that we don't want to let emotion dictate, but we also don't want to deny that thing, there are things happening. As Father laid out wonderfully, we've got things that are unbelievable. You could take everything that's going on in the world right now, and I would think that if you took the one issue above them all, only even, that we are now in a world where children can, as Father said, decide what their mutilation surgery can be. And we've got medical experts and government officials and teachers and parents and judges supporting that that alone should you would think would be enough for 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 god to really send a clear message of chastisement it's or just they're doing it in fear because of the level of tyranny that's yeah. going on right now yeah and it is and that's a big part of it the manipulation of the tyrants and they've been allowed to have an awful lot of power but we are we are also falling into a, a, quite a degree of cowardice in many respects because the further we drift from god it is inevitable. We will not have the strength to stand in, in the face of the storm. But can you address the, the the prophecies that are out there? Yes, the emotional response. And what is the proper response we should have to kind of prepare for things as serious as the church potentially going underground? Well, I'd like to start with the good part, which is our Blessed Mother, who always says, even in these messages of chastisement, but be not afraid. Yeah. And she'll come and say, you better watch it. Fire is going to be falling from the sky. People are going to die as some will not choose god but be not afraid yeah so she is very good at saying some bad stuff is going to happen pray fast but be not afraid so we have to remember first of all fear comes from satan and and um peace comes from the lord Mm -hmm. So as I look at these things, I look at them and say, keep my eyes fixed on, I'm going to take a little, I'm going to hear what I have to say. There are people that say, how can you listen to this person or that person? And I, for instance, I don't, you know, because I'm not saying anything pejorative, I'll listen to Taylor Marshall. I'll listen to LifeSite News. I'll listen to Church Militant. I'll listen to Ralph Martin. I'll listen to all of these people. I'll listen to Countdown to the Kingdom, these seers from around the world. And I, some of them will have a small detail incorrect. And when I post my podcasts, I remember having Father Michel on and, and people loved what he said. And there's some people going, he was wrong about this, or he was wrong about that. And saying, keep your eyes fixed on God. You keep your eyes fixed on God. You take it in, you discern. So God is giving us both logic and emotion. We typically as associate our logic with the spirit and our emotion with the flesh. But our emotion is not bad if we allow our spirit to control it. If our emotion is an emotion of ex excitement or our emotions an emotion of drive or holy anger, I will not let mutil mutilation happen to my children, for instance. So our emotions can be good, but when our emotions get the best of us, for instance, um, I I've been canceled. And I've gotten angry. I teach anger management classes, by the way. Mm. Anger is a secondary emotion, but it's it's okay to express anger. It's how do you express anger? So feeling anger is not bad. It's how we express it that's bad. So sometimes 
taking the spirit of fear, the spirit of anger, or this spirit of pride, saying, well, I've already made up my mind that this person is telling the truth and everybody else who disagrees with that person is wrong. That's when we have a problem because mm -hmm. either of you can respond to this, Father, you're the priest, but you know, God, I believe, will never give 100% of the message to a singular person. I think we just said that earlier too, right? Because right. then we would tend to think that person is the God and we become prideful and say, well, I know that person. I've had people do that to me. Well, I, you know, what Christine Watkins said or what, no. Well, no. Can, let me jump in on that if you don't mind. Um, so, because people will hear a message and they'll hear Father Michel Rodrigue say this, and then they'll hear a message from, you know, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, Marie, um, uh, Luz de Maria. Luz de Maria. Yeah, Luz de Maria. And, and, and again, these are alleged messengers and so forth. And I say alleged only because there's been no like official documented support, but they don't seem to be violating, contradicting church teaching and such and so forth. Okay, that being said, but one says this and one says that, and then some, there can be disagreements. And they, is it not true that some of these messages are for certain times, certain people, certain regions, certain areas, mm -hmm. so that we don't hear... Father Michel say this, therefore, everybody in the world, all almost 8 billion people need to do exactly based on that. Is that is that an accurate way of looking at it? Absolutely. And I think you alluded to it in, you know, Rwanda, they got their message that what was going to happen there. Um, various apparitions, our mother, and actually apparitions aren't just our mother. St. Michael, the archangel is giving messages to people. So some people receive locutions, which is I'm hearing the message and I'm not just seeing the apparition. So they will get various messages that are saying, yes, for this time, for this place. Um, but again, they always keep saying, keep, keep your eyes open. Um, the miracle at Fatima is the easiest one to refer to. Mm. You will see a miracle here on October 13th, you know, when everybody comes. Right. That wasn't seen around the world, but that was seen right there. Right. But some right. of these messages that are coming and most of these messages, and this is the reason we're talking about being prepared enough, the church goes underground, is now we're starting to see all of them talk about, again, a worldwide type of things, the, the worldwide, the natural disasters. Did we not just lose 20,000 people in... Um, Iran recently. Do we not just have fires? Yeah, yeah Libya, Libya, the flood in Libya. Uh, yeah. Libya, Libya. Yeah. So, but this has been predicted by various seers from around the world. And they didn't say it would happen in Libya. They just said, be prepared. They're yeah. going to come in greater frequency, like labor pains, and they're going to be stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we are seeing. Mm -hmm. And so we've also heard from some of the mystics and seers that the church would have to go underground when the Antichrist appears. And so when is that going to be? So for three and a half years, it is said that we will probably that the church will be once the mass and the consecration is changed and it's no longer valid, we are going to have to find good priests and go to our masses underground because priests, priests, Heads will be at a premium. Satan wants to kill them most, which is why our mother at Fatima said, pray especially for my priests, for, for Christ's chosen sons. Father Heilman, I don't 
you know, what amazing calling you have to be a priest, because I don't know if you knew when you signed up for this, but, you know, speaking truth as you are, puts your head at such a higher premium than Doug's or mine. Yeah. That's why I just sit in the front row when you speak at events, Father. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. My head doesn't mean nearly as much. It's just cut that thing off. Just get rid of it. But I do believe um, this is something that's going yeah. to happen at some point. We just don't know when, and we need to be prepared for it when it does. So priests aren't going to be able to walk around in a collar. They aren't going to be able to walk mm. around with church wine mm. or hosts, unconsecrated hosts. So that is one of the things that we are being told by Father Michel and some of the other seers. Get our houses ready. Have refuges. And what's a refuge? It's not necessarily an underground cave or anything your house might be consecrated as a refuge um we've been told to have the owner of the house so in order for it to be consecrated the owner of the house is the one who has to bless his house so if you have a husband in the house he's the one that needs to bless and and there are formulas out there blessing the four corners with the uh, blessed and exercised salt and the waters and things like that and i may have to move you know, from my house and, and go someplace else. And some of the seers are talking about how this will take place. Now, again, is it going to be the way that we've been told, like an angel? For instance, Father Michel Rodrigue had said, we will be led by an angel and there will be uh, taking each of us to the refuge that we are supposed to go to. So people might be listening to me going, Christine, you're crazy. There's no such thing. You know what? Maybe not. This is private revelation, but maybe so. And either way, I plan to be prepared should this happen. So I'm. we've blessed our house for potential refuge, if that's what God wants to do. But Barry, I mean, Barry, Doug and Father, let's just say that this is incorrect, right? This isn't going to happen. Is there any problem? And this is where we have to stay relying on the church. Is there any problem with blessing one's home? With yeah. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. So, Christine, I was listening to you uh, emphasize the Blessed Mother, and it's so true during these times. I remember earlier in our show tonight, I talked about the Battle of Lepanto. Um, it, when I was listening to, to your beautiful talk there, I, I, I was thinking of a week ago last Friday, I was had the great pleasure of being up at uh, the Shrine of Our Lady of Champion in, in Champion, Wisconsin, for the Flame of Love Conference. Yeah. The place was jammed. It was just filled with people, just full of the Holy Spirit. You could tell because they had this like childlike playfulness. They were just so joyful and so so happy and so hopeful uh, during that time. But uh, I urge people to go online and just just Google Flame of Love, and uh, because the, I know Christine Watkins is is uh, big into it. I watched a talk. She gave it a Flame of Love conference too. Um, so there's that. But the other thing that I want to really uh, encourage people to do is please, 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 let's do the Battle of Lepanto thing. Let's do the Holy League thing, right? And let's let's join together and pray the rosary as Pius V called upon the world to do in 1571. We need to do it right now. And we're going to do that on the Feast of Our Lady of Rosary, which actually that feast uh, started because of the Battle of Lepanto. It was originally Our Lady of Victory. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be out in Washington at the time uh, with the anchor for that. But we're asking people go to RosaryCoastToCoast.com and it, it, two or more together. If, if it's just you and your spouse or you and your child or whatever, but sign up and just give your your name and the location where you're going to have your 
rosary rally, preferably outside because we want God to bless the land. But you can go to rosary, uh, rosarycoasttocoast.com and just sign up so we can get a lot of balloon pins on that map there. It's it's really filling up already. But let's be a part of that. And I know that Our Lady is going to bless through her intercession. She's going to bring blessings. She's going to pour out her grace, the mediatrix of all graces, or God's grace, obviously, and, and protect us. We're going to have the protection of Our Lady. Uh, and so please, I urge everybody to, to be a part of that. Um, and, and that being said, before we conclude, Doug, um, your this is your wheel, wheelhouse. It says, "Are you prepared?" I mean, you have Be Ready Coalition, BR yeah. Coalition, yeah. Uh, dot com. Um, you want <clears throat> what? What would be some key things that you'd ask people to do? And I, I think there's something about October, but but in the near term, mm -hmm. what do you what do you uh, recommend that people do to to physically be ready for, for such a time as this? Yeah, I'll throw a few ideas out here, and then Christine, I'd like your take on it as well based on what you're hearing from, you know, the different messengers and, you know, the alleged prophecies and such that are coming out right now. Look, bottom line is we have to realize, and I know there are people out there who've said, you know, I've given talks and they've said, but we're going to be taken care of if we're just faithful. It's like, well, I hope and pray that that is the case, but the history and the track record of the way God works when it comes to allowing wars and disasters and chastisements is there's always a physical component to these pictures you know, the Rwanda genocide is a perfect example. The Blessed Mother warned them in advance. Twelve years later, the genocide began. It was three months long, and in that time, nearly a million people were murdered. Nearly 500,000 women were raped. It was brutal, not to mention the millions left that lived that were traumatized or had permanent injuries the rest of their lives and are still suffering them. There were refuges. Some people got to them. There were people dying within three and four days of cholera because of drinking dirty water. I know this for a fact because I was giving a talk on it in Virginia many years ago and a man in the front row stood up and said, I was there, army sergeant in charge of 20 men. Their job was to bring two 600-gallon water purifiers into the region because he said we were watching people die within days. He also said that he remembers seeing himself personally several fields of thousands of dead bodies that were rotting. No one would go get them. It was too dangerous to go out. There were way too many to even deal with. It was something that was unbelievable and never, ever happened like this. Now, even those who study genocides will say this was different. And the Rwandan genocide was different for many reasons, but one in particular. It, there were military factions that were involved, but it was a lot of it was neighbors killing neighbors these were civilians killing civilians this wasn't like the armenian genocide where the turkish military wiped out you know 15 or 1.5 million i should say armenians mainly catholics and such that wasn't that it, this was neighbors killing neighbors predominantly hacking them to death with machetes this was off the charts brutal what they needed at the time in many cases was medical water food even defensive measures to protect lives. This is all part and parcel for any major disaster even. You know, the flood that you mentioned, Christine, that hit Libya last week and wiped out estimated 20,000 people happened when people were sleeping at night. The dam burst because of some severe storms. The, there were two dams that burst. They were both in terrible shape. One rushes right through the town of Derna. You can see the aerial view of buildings literally washed away, people washed into the ocean, dead, 
never going to find some of these bodies. But now these people are left with no power in many areas. They've got no clean drinking water, medical care, community support. And even you get situations like this, you always have looting and violence because lawlessness always grows because law enforcement is always stretched very thin. So those are a couple of simple examples that say to us, we should be looking at food and water, medical care, basic self-defense measures, get a community of people together that you know can protect and defend. We're not talking about warmongering. We're talking about legitimate self-defense. And we're also talking about shelter. And if you mentioned earlier, Christine, that you might have to, you know, you might be in a position where all of a sudden God says, hey, up and leave. It's time to go somewhere else. It's a flight into Egypt moment. You've got to go and you've got to go right now. Do we have other locations that we've even thought about? Other refuges? Now, God does bring messages of refuges and direction for these things. But I think, Father, what you had said in the last podcast we did, I think that the picture of the guy leaning on the shovel, God may give you the shovel, but he's not going to dig the hole for you. So right. God may give us this inspiration, give us these messages, but he does call on us to take part many times in ordinary natural steps to be better prepared. Father Jim Blunt, uh, we had him on the podcast a couple of times in the last several months. He is part of a community and he admitted down in the Atlanta area, they are preparing. They've got chickens, they've got food, they've got water, and they're burying metals all over the land. So they're doing both. But it tells us that we do need to be doing both in these areas. Here's one thing we promote in, in BRC. This is a water filter. This is from Lifesaver. You see the name there? It's called the Liberty. Okay, there we go, that direction. This thing will, fat, will filter out uh, from a lake, a stream, a river, it'll filter out bacterias in 99.999949s after the point of all viruses, even poliovirus. Um, it's made by a guy out of England. They use it in third world countries. It's phenomenal. Having things like that are part and parcel, I think. I know there are people, and Christine, you can maybe comment on this now, um, that will just kind of Forget the natural preparation, thinking that we just have to pray and trust that God's going to do it all for us. But that doesn't that doesn't seem to be what a lot of these messages are saying. Can you comment on what I said about prepping for things and the people's attitude sometimes about ignoring the natural side, focusing only, only on the spiritual, when it should be both, I think. I had a chance to travel to Mexico two years ago, Guadalupe, and I met two separate people who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to start making refuges 20 years ago. One of them was 10 years ago. Another one was I met a man, a Navy SEAL, as a matter of fact, who said, I feel called to build a refuge in West Virginia. And I met a woman here in Virginia Beach who said, I've been building one for the past 15 years. I hadn't even heard of these things for the past mm -hmm. until three, four, five years ago. So what I'm looking at is people at different times, we're all getting this message to do so. So again, that's not just, oh, I'm listening to these seers. And so we're all going to just jump on the bandwagon. So then I took it further and I asked them, what are you doing to prepare? And they are feeling Holy Spirit downloads of the things you just mentioned. The woman that lives here in Virginia Beach, actually Chesapeake, said, I've been putting sweaters and I've been putting medical things underneath my bed because my husband doesn't technically know what I'm doing because he's not a believer, but he thinks I'm a hoarder. But I know even if I'm not in this house that it's got medical supplies, it's got mm. sweaters, it's got baby clothes. I don't even have grandchildren, but it's got things for people of different ages and sizes. And I'm hearing this in 
in all the other places that I go to. The things that you just talked about, Doug, water, food, clothing, medical, and they're getting mats for if there's 20, 30, 40 people sleeping in a small place, roll out mats that you can just sleep on, sheets, blankets, things you might turn uh, away, your old towels, your old blankets. So basically just think in a natural sense. If okay. you were all, think like Anne Frank, a group mm. of people that were stuck in a place for a lengthy period of time, what would you need to get around? And now, a lot of people will say to me and they'll put comments on my shows, do I need this and do I need that? And what if I don't have this? And what if I can't light my candle? I'm like, this is also where God says, be not afraid. He provided yeah. manna for millions of Jews in a desert for 40 years. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Do what you can in the natural and rely on the Lord to take care of the rest. Might I add something else about having masses said? Mm -hmm. All of these refuges, people are having hosts and church wine as well. And for those of you watching, there is specific church wine. Father, you can probably tell us how to get that specifically and that there does need to be a specific type of wine. Because as we are hearing from these seers, these mystics, these prophets, priests are going to be at a premium. They cannot walk around with a uh, collar and they most certainly can't walk around with things that could identify them as that. But we will need them to say masses. And yeah. so if you have those things in your house, in your refuge, then you can have a mass. Also, another thing, know who your people are. Because after that thing that happened three years ago, we were all locked down. I started collecting a group of people that I know believe like we believe people who are safe it doesn't mean that in your refuge you won't be letting in other people um who you hadn't met let the lord bring them in necessarily but know who your people are i am so proud to say i've got i counted over 20 priests in my cell phone i know everybody doesn't have that but i know if hope i'm one of them you're one of them <laughs> yeah but priests who we can call on that we know we can protect and they also are of like mind. And so, so the three things we know are this about the Antichrist will come. It's been said in the Bible. He does hate Jesus. So he will shut down the mass. The third thing was this, that Jesus said, my church will never fail. So masses will still be said. The church will be underground. So we just need to be prepared in these ways that Doug and Father and I have just kind of pointed out, be prepared in the natural, be prepared in the spiritual, be in a state of grace. Yes. More important than anything any of us said, because if you die tomorrow, none of this matters. Be right. in a state of grace. Go to confession. Get those sins off yourself. If you're having an affair, stop having an affair. If you're into porn, stop. If you are in, in any state of unrepentant sin, stop. Stop, mm -hmm. because you need to be prepared for this time. Excellent it, place to stop yep, here. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, Christine, thank you so much. I'd like to end with this prayer, and it's one that we've been leaning on for several years. Again, everybody go to rosarycoast.com and rosarycoast2coast.com and sign up your group for October 7th at 3 p.m. Yeah. But uh, let, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. I read from 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by name humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land.
Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Heavenly Father, bring a revival in the land. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Christine, thank you so much for thank being you, with Christine. us. This was great. Thank was you, really guys. Good. Thanks for having me. I hope we can do this again. You bet. And I'll see you in October, October 28th in Virginia Beach, where you can hear Doug Barry. You can actually touch him in person, get his signature. <laughs> nice. Like, I guess and I'm going to have a Green Bay Packer jersey. I'll have a Green Bay Packer jersey, I yes, guess, you will. is what I'm being told. Feel the love. <laughs>